Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Right, we want to welcome. This is a second attempt to get this uh, podcast started because Austin, I, I I don't even know how to explain it. Richard, how do you explain it? Austin's just dumb. <laughs> I am th- am dumb. As you can tell, Ro- Richard is back. Austin, we had a f- weird. forty minute conversation, completely fine. And as soon as you hit the record button, my thing craps out on me. My microphone. Well, I mean, you spend what, like thirty bucks? Austin on that chokes under pressure. That that's what just happened. Yeah, I'm not ready for prime time. Yes, it's like thirty dollars, but you know, that's it gets the job done. As you can see, usually, we're, as you can see, we're not in studio today. We just decided to not mail it in. We decided to Skype it in. See oh, I'm ma- I'm mailing it in. <laughs> um, but uh, it's it's good to come back. It's good to have Richard back because God knows, I mean, it's been a little hard carrying Austin a little bit. Just, let's be real here. I feel bad for you. Like, I would not want to be the only one talking to Austin. Oh, hey, so the Blue Jays just signed John Axford. If what? this was 2012, I would be super happy. What? So as yep. we're recording right. this, so Richard is breaking The Blue Jays news. signed Jake Petrichka earlier today. Yes, they did. Yep. And I had now no they signed John Axford, which means that if you are looking for washed-up relievers, the Blue Jays might be your favorite team. Well, okay. Oh, Canada. But yeah, I mean, Axford was really good, but then I mean there was and I mean, this is probably just like a minor league signing. There's no such thing as a bad minor league deal, but it's just funny now because Axford was really good. Like like if I'm not mistaken, there was a year that he got MVP votes. Here, wait, let's look this up. Twenty eleven, he got MVP votes and Cy Young votes. Well, you're just mowing guys down that season. A 195 ERA. Mm -hmm. Last year in Oakland, he only pitched 21 innings. He struck out a batter per inning, but he um he walked seven per nine. So, again, like it's a low risk move. You know, it's a typical Blue Jays move. If we're if we're gonna be real here, because they don't like, I was talking with someone the other day. the The Blue Jays with Shapiro and Atkins, they're not gonna go and out for the big splash. And I don't think they should yet. I don't think because what they've done is the Jays have a really good uh, farm system, and like 
every single thing they've done has been calculated and yeah what that what, probably is a better and word what, yeah and what people don't like is that you know they haven't really gone for the big fish you know like they let price walk they let edwin walk they let jose walk but if jay's fans had it the way that they wanted both Batista and Price would be making a stupid amount of money, right? And so would I. Win. I agree that, you know, like as of right now, the team still has, you know, like they need a starter. They need that fifth starter. They need a reliable uh, bullpen piece. Like I don't think that they think that Axford and um, Petrichka will be the guy. I think that they think that it's just it's just building be depth. There. It's building depth. Because you already know Ryan Tapera, with uh, Danny Barnes, you got I mean Osuna obviously. I think they want B. Genie in the bullpen again. They're they're building around depth. Danny Barnes, I think right now. Isn't uh, isn't Baraki in the running? Is he a starter? I I don't think that they'll really. Well, I mean, I don't think it's his job to lose. I think that. You know, if he steals the job, it'll be surprising. Um, are they are will... they projecting him as like middle relief though, or back no, starter? I think that or... I think that he'll start, but I think that you know, I don't think he'll make the team out of spring no, unless he'll... he plays really well. Yeah. He's going to probably be one of the first injury call ups. That's that's yeah, what I think. yeah, but he'll definitely be there. You know, like as soon as somebody goes down. Yeah. Oh, and with the way that the last couple of seasons have gone, you can pretty much bet on that happening. Um, okay, so we've already broken news on the Blue Jays. Uh, I mean, we're not going to go into a whole 20-minute conversation to break down what John Axford can bring to the team. Because I don't know what the good thing is. He's from Canada, so that gets people a little happy uh, as well. Um, but... He's not even the biggest Canadian icon in Toronto sports news right now. I don't think he was ever a Canadian icon, except <laughs> oh, for like a I, couple that's, months. That's that where my hesitation was. Canadian icon, <laughs> and, Bruno Caboclo being moved. And I mean, oh, he's if, not even like, Canadian okay, yeah. either. <laughs> but that man, we'll get to that. We'll get to Bruno. Later. Don Axford's Canadian. He's just no Bruno Caboclo when it comes to patriotism. No, what? What? Bruno Caboclo. Whoa, Austin, what's going on there? <laughs> Sorry. Austin, take the mic out of your mouth. <laughs> there is no mic in my mouth. Well, there's something going easy over there. Oh, excuse me. The our uh, poor podcast audience just got like a wind chill through their their ears. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna just mute myself. You two go on with your day. <laughs> just plug your microphone back in. No. And... We'll figure it out. Trust me. All right, keep talking. I'll figure this out. Okay, Austin's gonna Austin's gonna check out. I mean, was he ever really checked in in the first place? We don't know. Uh, but Richard. So wait, who is that? Who was that? That that was just talking to us. <laughs> I don't know. It said AO on the Skype call, but I'm I'm. Uh, it could be. Uh, I don't know. It's I don't know who I who else had the initials AO, but um, okay. I mean, I was gonna wait for Austin to fix his mic, but I all right, to... Mike's back in. See, good Why are you here? <laughs> oh, look, it's AO. Back all right, Richard, again. I'll just go fuck myself, I guess. That's um, that's a bit too much information. That's a bit, that's a bit harsh, right there. Sorry, folks. But all right, Austin, since you're back <laughs> now, I mean, if you were ever here in the first place, I don't know. Uh, Josh Donaldson. I almost said Jose Bautista. I don't know why. This seems like a true Jose Bautista kind of. 
kind of move, but Josh Donaldson does not appear to be a big fan of John Heyman, which I can't blame him, honestly, because, you know, there's there's one thing. I know Heyman does a good job of reporting things. Sometimes he, he swings and misses and appears. I don't know if he swung a miss, but maybe he's just not reporting as accurately as Josh Donaldson wants him to report, but earlier today, John Heyman wrote an article posted a, an article just kind of going through the rumors for each MLB team and I guess when it comes to the Blue Jays there was, really wasn't much to write so Heyman decided to say Josh Johnson's friends or people close to Josh Johnson has said that he wants to hit pretty much hit it out of the park with a big payday and then he goes on to say that maybe Donaldson is going reaching too far and now we haven't heard much about a contract. First situation. of all, like that, like, I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with the reporting that a John Heyman does, but that's no. hilarious. Just the way that like, like, how is that news? Like, like, let's say that it was true. Aren't we all just like searching for a big payday? Aren't like, <laughs> like, isn't that why people hire agents because they want big paydays and they'll start high? Like what's. Let's say that was true. Like, what's the point of reporting that? It's like, yeah, this athlete wants money. Breaking news that's never happened before. And Your agent's funny not doing because, his job if he doesn't yeah. get you the most money possible. Like, if my agent just walks in and goes, hey, guys, uh, I think we'll just, like, settle for anything. Like, just just please sign us. And then, right, like, you hire an agent because bargaining for money isn't, the easiest job right and obviously there's more that goes into it but to say he wants a payday who among us doesn't want a payday <laughs> right like it's and then i mean when i first saw that donaldson was tweeting about it i thought donaldson was going to be like me or like a dick about it because like usually when athletes call out Reporters. people um, people in the media it's yeah. not really nice but like the way that Donaldson handled it was extremely well like it's like he he, he was my he friends was, don't know was, because I don't even know right he was very Canadian about it would yeah, that be and, fair to I say mean, he's picked that up well <laughs> this offseason has gone by so slow and so stupidly that this is what we're talking about the fact that John Heyman wanted to report on an athlete who wants money yeah well yeah okay so do we take any concern with what Jonathan said, which is, I wish there was something to report on because there's been nothing offered to me or even something. It was not really along those lines. I think it was more of like, uh, I wish there was an offer to speak about kind of. like. Well, that. I mean, no, not at all. Um, I don't remember who it was, but it was. Um, um, anyways, um, so Josh Donaldson hired the same person that got, um, sorry, um, that got him Albert Pujols that contract, right? Um, in the market now, nobody wants to pay for talent, and that's another like not you know only, a conversation. Not only pay for I don't talent. Think... Is well, I mean, sorry, sorry to cut you off there, Richard, but we talked about this with Keegan uh, last week. It wasn't a pay for talent. Teams just don't want to get burned by a contract that they signed for like five years that's good for the first two and two or three and then years four and five look absolutely dreadful. Oh yeah, yeah. But like like do you see how like 
you know, who was it? Um, I think it was like a Todd Frazier like got what like less than ten million dollars a year for like two years, I believe. Let's just yeah, uh, check that. Over two years. Yeah. So like, like, and that's a steal for you know, that's a steal for the Mets, right? Like, like it, like it even looks like 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 people don't even want to pay for like the short term talent, right? And there's talk of like maybe the owners are, you know, colluding. You know, yeah, right. And and I mean, like, I won't comment on that because obviously, like, I don't know. But you can say that it's cold and the market isn't great right now for talent. And that's why I don't really blame the Blue Jays for not really making an offer because hell, the Blue Jays aren't even making um, offers that we know to fill holes that they have right now, right? So well, I don't know, like it's just like a weird spot that we're in right now with um the league and yeah. talent, I guess. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna read the because I finally pulled up the Donaldson tweet. So this is what he said to John Heyman: "I respect what you do for a living, which I mean, some some baseball some players actually know how tough it is to be a media <laughs> member. The fact that he even gave him that is pretty impressive." <laughs> But you don't know. Most guys just jump down his throat. Yeah. Then he said, Fast. "But you don't know my friends, nor do my friends know what I want." Which I mean, okay, we don't know what friends he's. That's kind of why being old general about it can put a. And I feel like that's what bothered Donaldson. Like, yeah, like, like Donaldson was probably offended by the fact that, like, a, you're saying that he's pricing himself like out of Toronto, blah blah blah. Yeah. That like he thinks he's worth too much, but also like you don't know my friends or like people I talk to, so like it's it's like it's such a weird thing to talk about because like and I, I get what um what a John Heyman was trying to do, like but does Josh Donaldson know what he wants right now? Is he lying? Is he doing this? Is he doing that? It's it's there's way too many like questions there are and, um, i mean the the look the blue blue jays run a tighter ship than maybe in years past in terms of player definitely. contracts um i mean nobody is more of a lock bolt than the toronto maple Leafs when it comes to anything so i think the blue jay and i think i think uh ross atkins talked about this too is that it doesn't help to talk about contracts it doesn't help the process true i mean Fans just kind of have to let the guys who are paid to do those to do that do pretty much do the job. But the issue is that maybe it would be nice. I mean, the fans would like to know, has there been an offer entertained? I mean, the last we heard is that they've assessed his value and there's that. But if you already know his value or what dollar figure you have in mind, then why hasn't an offer been made? And and yeah. and the worst part, I mean, I, I'm sure the Blue Jays don't really like what Donaldson tweeted, especially because they kind of want to keep the negotiations tight-lipped. But you're kind of you can't control that if you're the Blue Jays. You can tell them we don't want you saying anything, but yeah, you're frustrating your franchise player. He is their franchise player. I don't think there's much argument to that. He he probably wants to stay. He probably sees what's going on in MLB free agency right now. Probably getting a little worried. I mean, 
at the same time, Donaldson shouldn't be worried about <laughs> if if he's gonna get paid in the offseason by a team because we know he will. He's probably the you know in the top five of free agents in the offseason next offseason. But this is this is more of the Blue Jays not handling I think the situation internally properly. I don't care. I mean, look. But I, I mean, like that's like. I, it's more of an internal like than an external if, issue. Like if they were to go to him and say you cannot speak about like any of this, <laughs> that makes Donaldson look bad. And I like I don't know if if like if they care that like he mentioned it or not. And like I don't even want to like say that he's a part of the plans of the future. Like if you take a look at all of this, all of the things that um that have they that they've done this off season, it's more of like you know, trying to compete now. And I say compete and not contend. It's more of like, we'll see what we have this year, right? I don't think they want to really lock into like anything past 2018 because they still don't know what they have. The only big move that the Jays were rumored to be in on was, um, was, you know, um, the... Christian Yelich thing, yeah, and that's and the reason why he's so attractive is because, you know, he comes with years of control, right? So, if like if the Jays, you know, start slow, or if they're, you know, if they aren't playing well by uh, June, they'll trade Donaldson, they'll trade Hap, you know, and I feel like that's why they haven't really made an offer yet because they don't they probably don't know what they want yet right like all the moves that they've made now it's not at the expense of the future unless you think that you know um you know a connor green is a huge prospect or you know or i'm a woodman right like i don't like i don't want to say that they've been moving laterally but they haven't really been moving forward or backward right you know, they, they, and I feel like that's why they haven't really tried to sign him that. Exactly. I, I think the decision no. is easier to make when you know what the outlook for this season is. Yeah. Um, the other thing, too, is that you we've seen the Blue Jays take big swings. And we they've, they've hit, hit – I'm, I'm sorry, we're using these puns, but they've hit it out of the park <laughs> in 2015. It cost them a lot, but they did. I mean, they that team should have gone to the World Series. They were, I mean, it's just a Kansas City Royals series away from going to the World Series, and I think they probably would have won. Um, and we've also seen them take big, bigger swings and miss when they were doing when it all started. What 2011? 2011 was when was the Ari Dickey trade? At the at the end of the uh, 2012 season. Okay, sorry, I, my ears are. I, I think I always think it's longer than it actually is because of the misery that came right after that. Um, so, look, I mean, yes, did the Yankees make some big moves? Yes. Do the Red Sox almost make a big move? Well, I don't know what that whole Edwin and Jackie Bradley Jr. stuff was, um, but it would have gone to Chase fans really mad. Uh, I mean, and that's part. That's also part of the reason why they won't sacrifice their future because it's like, okay, do we sacrifice? You know, like Vlad, Bo, Pearson, Alfred, uh, those guys now in a division that looks pretty stacked. I mean, I don't think 
the Jays are going to be like a 76-win team again. I just also don't think that they're going to win, they're not you know, 90, 90 games, games like no. as of right now, right? And baseball playoffs are such like a crapshoot where it's like even if you're the best team, like we've seen in 2015, you you aren't going to win. And the no. Jays Being have the best a team pretty good farm system win. now. Yeah, they do. Yeah, and it's like I, and I feel like that's why they played this offseason the way they have. It's like we don't want to screw ourselves for the future, but we still want to be like semi-competitive. And again, I use the word compete and not contend because like they'll be just a, like a mid-tier team, I guess. And they won't like they aren't trying to sacrifice anything, but they're also not trying to jump in feet first. No. Head first, I mean. Yeah. Well, I think they said they were going to be going back into rebuild mode. Was it Shapiro? Shapiro said it. He's, if not for, I mean, I don't, I don't think that, for a competitive team. And I don't even think that they would go into like a full blown like no. tear it down. No rebuild. It's they, more they of like they wouldn't be spending in free agency or they haven't spent much. They haven't really done that either. I think he's... But it wouldn't, it wouldn't be adding the pieces they were, the uh, Grichik, the Diaz, Solarte. They wouldn't be adding pieces to the roster. They'd be building towards the future, if not for... Well, This is their last sort of year where they can contend. This is, my, this is my issue with that. This is not like, you know, hockey, what hockey teams are doing now, which is if you're a team that doesn't have a realistic shot to contend, you sell off. You bottom out. It, um, baseball, it it doesn't work that way. I don't think. Yeah. You see a team like the Yankees. You see, I mean, the Astros are probably the only example where that actually kind of worked. But you see the Yankees, and they were really bad. They like, were they like, were horrible, yeah, terrible. Well, that could that could be a reason why some teams are. I've heard that argument made that a lot of teams aren't spending on free agents because they see how well the last two champions have done and how bad they were for such a long time. But and they'd rather just build from within my counter on big contracts my counter argument to that though is look at the yankees who are who probably are were close to competing they i mean the astros kind of got on the way uh you look at the dodgers who went to the world series they don't fit that model there's there's i i think no, they still go with the old baseball model it's obviously yeah. not every team's doing it but it's an excuse you're i definitely I not seeing teams Jumping to these I, yeah. four or five year contracts for guys for big money. I think it's also a convenient excuse for some teams to not, yeah. not spend as well. Anyways, but like that, like that just adds to the the point of, you know, they don't know what, they don't know what, I don't want to say their plans are, but they don't know if they want to go into like that type of rebuild. But they don't, you know, they I, don't want to buy. I think, and if like if the Jays are bad, you know. A Hap plus Donaldson plus Pierce, you know, like if they sell off the guys that Are don't have a contract, yeah. they'll still have, you know, like a decent return, right? Yeah. And then you combine that with the guys like Alfred, Pearson, Bowen Flatter coming soon, you know, like then you have something and there's no need to really tear it down all the way. No. Even though fans watched what the Leafs did and said, hey guys, let's do that, right? But the Leafs didn't complete like they scorched but it wasn't a complete no they didn't get rid of everything morgan riley was still there nazem kaji was still there no jvr bozak like there's still there was jake garner there's still pieces there you can't totally sell off 
I think some teams have forgotten that. You need something, even if it's not top caliber, you still need something to help build and piece it together. I think that's where teams kind of fall off is they think they have to either totally scorch it or once they're ready, they go all in at the wrong time. It, it can get very, very messy. Um, yeah, and I mean, you know, you have a guy like too low on the books until 2020. Martin's not at the end of 2019. So they're starting to get free of like all of that like cash. And like, I don't see why you would want to, you know, try to risk, you know, like a signing or like a trade and take on like a lot of salary when you know that you won't be getting that value back. Right. Well, and I mean, like, it sucks to wait, especially after last year and then the 22 seasons before that. But like, and like, this is such like a weird spot to, to be in for, you know, a Jays fans because they're like, it seems like they're wandering in without like anything. Sorry. It seems like they're wandering in, you know, um, without like a real like plan and. I think um, there there is a plan. It's just Jays fans are not; they don't know what it is, and that yeah. That and like make I, I mean, like I'm not like good. really trying to tell you that what they're doing is great. I feel like you know it's this best team for the situation that they're in decent, right now. But it's such a boring place, you know, <laughs> to be in. Right? Like it's like all right, like. <laughs> Richard just like, wants uh, he he wants to look what the Eagles look what Philadelphia looked like after the Super Bowl, which is absolute like chaos. <laughs> and it's so dumb because like I tweeted something about like if all of these sports books have the Jays at like you know a seventy six wins, like I can't wait to like you know bet the over and like and it's like I'm like I'm now cheering for like an eighty three win team only because it's gonna make me money, right? Like it's not like. I'm expecting them to, you know, win the division. It's like, all right, so, like, at least they'll win, like, 83, 84. But I feel like they will be, like, in talks. Sorry. They will be in the wild card conversation at some point. Like, this team has that talent. But then, like, other than that, it's like, do you really see them challenging for the AL East, like, lead? Probably not. Probably not, right? No. But, I mean, like, a lot of that changes if, you know, if a guy like Axford suddenly, like, plays, like, all season. And, like, and if, you know, like, if they sign a starter and, like, if, like, everyone stays healthy, right? But, like, I don't know. Like, like this isn't, you know, the flashy offseason. And, like, it hasn't been for, like, all the other teams if you're, you know. Yeah. Well, Except for the Yankees, right? Yeah, the Yankees, uh, the Angels, and Con- Saint- I wouldn't say St. Louis. They didn't really do much. So the Yankees yeah, and the it's Angels. Like, it's like, what? Like, there's Darvish, there's Moustakis. There's J.D. Martinez. There's, there's J.D. Martinez. Cosmer. It's like these guys are still free agents and we're in yeah. February. Yeah, this is... This has been just such a weird offseason. Hey, maybe but... the Blue Jays can get lucky in one of those. I mean, not one of those players, but maybe a player that wasn't a realistic op- option becomes a more realistic option and it w- works in their favor. It could happen, but I don't know, but um, they like be... they really need a starter. Like, yeah, they do. Um, I don't want to see Joe Biagini start. 
I don't either. I would say five only, games for this team. The only time I want to see him start is in Buffalo. And yeah, but like that's the only place. See, and like there's a the problem. It's and then it's like, all right, so then if he starts in Buffalo, great. Like I'm not really against that. But then it's like you need guys that will, sorry, guys that you can depend on that go and pitch the sixth or seventh, right? Yeah, I mean those guys aren't tough to find. It, it's like they've had those in the they're past. They're not tough to find, but at the same time, it's hard to, to just go and you know say that we think that an Axford. No, I mean will yeah, contribute, right? Like, yeah, like, but we didn't think that uh, Joe Smith was going to be much. He turned out to be no, but like see, yeah. that was different. See, well, because like that was more of like like he can right like. It's yeah. hard to build a bullpen because, like, there's so many uh, question marks, right? You trade a guy like Dominic um, Leone, who showed a lot of promise, and then who, like, who takes over, right? Like, who is the lefty that they use? Is it going to be Loop? Is it going to be Meza? Do you trust any of those guys? <clears throat> I think, what, Ramirez was another guy as well. You know right? what? But that Ramirez had a good sometimes, end the sometimes there are there are a lot of guys that could do well, but I don't think it's enough to. Sorry, it it's not enough to justify putting a Joe Biagini in Buffalo right now, yeah. right? Okay, no, I, because I, we know what he can do. You know, sorry, we know what we can we know what he can do out of the bullpen. Um. I just don't know if if they have a guy that you can confidently say can do that while he's, you know, doing his thing in Buffalo. Uh, no, I totally get that. Um, yeah, I mean, look, and they're going to give a lot of guys opportunities. There's I can't remember who, who pointed it out, but many are expecting Anthony Alford to be the best outfielder on the Blue Jays next season. And I mean, like he has the tools, but the problem with that is he hasn't really played that much, right? Like, no, and injuries he, have taken like, a toll. Yeah, yeah. Like he wanted to play football. He played football. He was demoted from to starting quarterback to special teams. Quit. Decided to play baseball, and it was like, all right, like this guy, he can be a star. And then he just kept getting hurt. Um, I want to see him, but it's like I don't think that they should. You know, try to force him now. No, I don't. I don't. Because he's always force getting him. hurt. It's like I think he needs to spend some time. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Go on. He's gonna spend time in Buffalo, but he, I think, is gonna like from. Uh, I can't remember who it was I was talking to about this, but I mean, I when I was at Sportsnet, there was guys that said that he could force the Blue Jays' hand. Yeah. At some yeah. point. I mean, yeah. You just Teoscar Hernandez. And I think that at some point he to, will. They'll have to force. The Blue Jays' hand in this, like they're not just going to be given it, and I think that's what the the goal of this offseason was. They're not going to be handing guys jobs. It's you're going to have to work for it. They're going to have to yeah exactly to show it. So I, I mean like yeah, it's 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 almost similar to what the Blue uh the Blue, the Leafs did last season. Like if Nylander and Matthews and Marner, if they wanted to be the star guys, they had to they had to to earn it. They weren't just given those opportunities. So, 
I, I, that's that's gonna be my reference to the Leafs and this Blue Jays things. I gotta stop doing that, but that's how I can best connect it. Yeah, and I mean, like, I like I don't doubt that. How do I say this? Like, the outfield is um, like, isn't very good, but it's not bad, right? Like, I would rather see um a stacked um a stacked up Bison's outfield. Then see them try to force you know guys into the big league outfield, right? Yeah. Because you know, I just hope that Dalton Pompey is healthy and ready to play, and hopefully he can go and play left or or right until a guy like you know Anthony Alford's ready. Yeah. And then there's you know the problem with T. Oscar Hernandez who. Who hit well, kind of, you know, but he struck out way too much. Like you don't want to see a guy like that play every day, especially when you have Pilar and um, Randall Grichuk, right? And because they don't get on base. Yeah, they just hit, right? And Pilar doesn't even hit, right? So, and I feel like that's the problem. Like you know, just try to let these guys like play in Buffalo. Yeah. Hopefully they'll be up by. Let's say June, but you know, like, I don't think that the plan right now is for like them to start yes, in Toronto in April. And it makes sense. Or in March, sorry. No. Um. All right, guys, I'm gonna let this be your choice. Do we go with the Leafs next, or do we go with the Raptors next? I'm gonna leave this decision to you. <sighs> Raptors seems quick. Let's Raptors do that. Team. Okay, Richard, we're going, with, we're going Raptors next. Like I wouldn't mind talking about. The Leafs, though. Well, I mean, we're, we're getting we're gonna, we're gonna talk about Raptors. I think the Raptors news, are gonna be there. Was still more frequent news than the Raptors. All right, with let, the Raptors. Let's let's do Raptors just so we can get it done. Uh, I mean, I'm not saying we're gonna rush it, but I think that yeah, it's gonna be a lot less. All right. And they're currently beating the Knicks while we are recording this, so that's good. Well, as I if mean, that was any surprise. The Knicks. The Knicks are horrible. <laughs> I was about to say the Knicks. <laughs> The it's Knicks not are... not headline news that they're beating the New York Knicks. It's not really surprising. Although they did get Moody A today. So I, I feel know. like the only question about this game was if they were going to cover the 13-point spread. <laughs> oh, 13 Richard points. always has to make some sort of betting. You're you're our new... I mean, when we used to do this podcast Listen, okay. with the other guys, it was always about <laughs> who's going to make make the money. Or Okay, with, with sports like basketball and college basketball and a college football like oh, it's, it's like it's, you it's know stuff. that some teams are going to win like it's just like yeah. the only excitement is like are they going to cover or they're not going to cover like are they just gonna right like the Raptors are up what 17 right now um, okay so no yeah. now it's 15 see the, the only excitement left in this game is do the Knicks come back and cover, cover that that 13.5 stay tuned guys we'll see uh, all right, so how t- how how be honest? How sad were you when you saw Bruno Caboclo get traded? Not at all. I hadn't thought about Bruno Caboclo in like a year. Everybody yeah. wants Bruno Caboclo to be this big story and this guy that everybody. No, well, because no, he. You cheer for him because yeah, of you the whole two years for... away from being two years away. No, but like it's not just that. Like it's like. He was young, like yeah. he was like he was seventeen was when he got drafted. Seventeen, yeah, right. And it's like, um, 
from the stuff that you see with um, the Raptors 905, you know, the stuff that you, you, you know, like all signs point to like that guy being like, you know, like he's trying to get better. Like he's determined to like actually, right? Like it's not like he was drafting the first round and then went, great, you know, like I'm a star now, like I'm this, I'm that. And then pouted when they sent him down, right? Like it's like he actually wanted to work and get better. Yeah. And it seemed like he was like our child, and it was like, yeah, Bruno, and like, oh, when he made his debut, um, I wa- I watched back when he made his debut, and he was getting, yeah, that was against the, the Bucks, and it was like they were up like fifty <laughs> points. People went crazy for him, right? Yeah. But I mean, like it's sports, and sports are sometimes cruel. I think also right. you, in sport, like in moments like this, you cheer for the underdog story, and I, I think that kind of got to his head a little bit too much. I mean, I don't, I never met, the, I never met Bruno. I've seen him play in the nine hundred five a couple of times. Obviously, you see him when he makes the rare appearance for the Raptors, or when the Raptors are oh, up mostly like, in a suit or, when he appears with the Raptors, or when the Raptors are up thirty and everyone's tweeting Bruno time, Bruno time. Yeah. yeah, he gets he, he was a garbage time player in his career with the Raptors, as unfortunate as that is. And I mean, if we we're going by his career trajectory, is uh, I forget who said he was two years away from being two years away. He is next year. He will have arrived. The Brazilian yeah. Kevin Durant. Um, um, but that just I, one thing that okay. I saw earlier, Mark Deeks, and I'm not too sure how. I didn't fact check this, obviously. So he said Bruno Caboclo's Raptors career is a retrospective. And he said, number of NBA years played three and a half. Number of NBA games played 25. Numbers of times assigned to the D-League was 62 times. Yeah, but you know what? It, it's a lot different in the NBA with the way know, that they move guys. It's not like in the NHL. Like, like that yeah. number just jumped off the page. Yeah, it does. And obviously, it's because they brought him up for a game and then <laughs> sat and went back down and it's obviously not due to his skill. It's just what the Raptors did with him. But that's, yeah. it definitely did not seem like 62 times, if that's the number that's correct. Okay. Now, the Raptors are not – I mean, this is not – if this was, if the Raptors were not playing like they are, this is probably going to be a lot – probably a bigger story than it is because this, is, this was a draft pick that people were like, they reached on it and you know what. Yeah, but then, you know – you see how like, the team is playing, and it hasn't really yeah. like. There's times where you don't hit a first round pick, and it's it devastates a team. Um, but you look at this team now, my God! I mean, not just not just the way that the you know. I mean, and it's been said before with the way Kyle Kyle Lowry, Demar Derozan. I mean, I don't. I'm not haven't really been impressed with Serge Ibaka too much this season. But you look at guys. You look at that bench. That you take that 905 team from last year that won the championship, you're putting them out first real season in the NBA, and like it's hard not to be impressed. Whether you're, I mean, and and it's not just fans that have been impressed; it's other players, other coaches in the league. Like the Raptors are, are I think, are spoiled with this uh, with this bench. But they're well, if not for the Cavs getting blown out the other night by the Magic, everyone in the league would probably be talking about the Raptors blowing out the Celtics. Yeah, and like the story, the story of the season for Toronto, it's not that you know, Demar has been able to shoot the three now. It's oh my god, you know, like these guys are like demolishing it. 
Yeah. Demolition they're not, teams. They're not well, playing ISO ball anymore. That's the biggest thing. I I think you know. There was a tweet that I saw that that was like so. Mm-hmm. There is a moral problem for Dwayne Casey now because when you're up big, you can't put in your second unit because they'll just destroy you. So like like what's the garbage time like lineup that you use because like these kids are so good, right? Like, and that's what that's why the Raptors are now ready to take that next step just because like you know they're a deep team right like you don't always need to have lowry playing like all the time like yeah like sorry like these guys are stars but then you have guys like um og who let's talk about a steal like i don't think anyone expected him to do what he's been doing right like he, he wasn't supposed to be playing until late november like yeah, he wasn't yeah. even supposed to be back till around a month ago, something like that. Well, no, he was supposed to be back oh, okay. on the court in November. Sorry. But yeah, I mean, OG's been good. The the only concern, and I mean, nobody's really thinking about this. I hate. I mean, I'm not usually a Debbie Downer, but you you we talk about how this bench and this young group has picked up when you know Kyle's not playing well, when Demar's not playing well. The Raptors have seen what happens when when their top guys don't perform in the playoffs, and it's not pretty. I just wonder, can can the young young guys mentally prepare for that to happen? Because I think it can happen, and that I think is the only thing that's going to stop the Raptors from going to the finals. Yeah, but I mean, I don't think that they. I'm not saying that Lowry and um, Demar are like you know like they aren't needed anymore but like if they, one of them doesn't play well then the bench can like just take over games um on what was it tuesday against boston like tuesday yeah demar scored his first basket with like 4 minutes left in the half yeah right like the and like the rappers were up like comfortably right it's like they're they're playing as a team as dumb of a cliche that is. And like, you don't really need to rely on Kyle and DeMar. But the beautiful thing is, is that when they turn it on, they like, they almost look unstoppable. Yeah. I mean, the only, the only time um, we've seen the Raptors kind of felt like they've pushed the pace quite a bit, I think, but where we've seen it, there's two, two times where we've seen, I think the Raptors kind of, not fall apart, but not it hasn't worked out is against the Warriors where the Warriors just hit every shot possible known to man with the Raptors. And then they still made back. it a two point game. They still made it a two point game. The other one it, it was against I think it was Washington, where the Raptors had a chance. They had their chances to go up go up late and those crunch time minutes, that's I think the one thing they haven't really been tested as much in those in those times because how many games have been blowouts or the Raptors have pull ahead you no know, at at the right time and they haven't really need to come back or haven't had those many close games. Those are the games I feel that the Raptors need to be need to keep their eye on and be aware of because you've seen when DeRozan needs to make that big shot late in the game he hasn't consistently done it. Sorry, one of the Knicks just broke his own ankle trying to do a crossover. <laughs> oh, that's nice. 
Um, this is what happens. This is why I don't watch that. Why, well, at the same time, the TV I have in my office. Well, no, the big play. the biggest question with the Raptors, I think, is Norm Powell. That's been pretty obvious for um, a bit. Uh, he's gone through a bit of a struggle. A bit. <laughs> I think a bit. A bit. Is... Yeah, he can't shoot threes anymore. And he, he, I mean, I haven't really paid attention much to his defensive play, but when he was coming up with the Raptors over the last couple of seasons, if he if his shot wasn't hitting and he wasn't able to get the dribble drive and get to the rim, I mean, he was always a good defensive player. So he's got to just get back to that. And I mean, obviously with how OG's played and CJ Miles being brought in, it's not easy to get minutes or as many minutes as he'd like. So it's going to be a slow process, obviously, to get back in it. But I mean, the biggest thing with the Raptors is not getting complacent which i'm sure you've touched on or um, it's been touched on a lot the last couple weeks is and Dwayne casey said as much as we're this is all one game at a time we're not looking ahead to any games which is exactly what you want to hear and exactly what you want to say as a coach um but obviously the game against boston really helped them i would say obviously in the standings but just knowing that they can compete with those big teams they hung around with with the Warriors, they beat the Cavs. They've beaten this. They've blown out the Celtics and the Cavs now. Can't seem to solve the war, uh, Wizards for whatever reason, but yeah. they'll get there. Yeah, and uh, yeah, they'll do the big. The big test is going to be in the West. Again, I mean, they've yeah, beaten a team like the Wizards without John Wall as well, which is very odd. Yeah, Bradley Beal just killing them. Um, they've beaten the Spurs at home. Uh, yep. They've come they close. Beat the Rockets. They beat yeah, the Rockets. They, oh, the, they the Rockets. The Rockets did not play defense that night. I remember that game. That was with Chris Paul too, right? That those. Go ahead, Richard. Well, that's why this year like feels different. Like, um, because the Raptors would play well against teams that weren't that great, but then when the spotlight came on, it was like, you know, they would go back into that like shell. Doesn't Um, matter what you do against the Charlotte Hornets. Paul wasn't. playing against other Raptors, but Harden was. Yeah. Right? And, and they he still is their point guard. Wash them, right? So that's why it feels different, right? Like because they're actually playing exciting games against a great teams. Like when the Raptors went down against a Golden State, like that was like their big test. Like and then it seemed like it was like the same old Raptors and then they suddenly came alive and like like they could have won that game. I think the frustrating one was when they played the when they played the Seventy Sixers. I think earlier, in the, kind of near the end of the January, where they were on a roll, and it just against the Sixers, they just they couldn't make shots, and it was ugly. So those are those are games that I think will creep up once in a while. It's just when it's playoff time and it's crunch, and you're. You can't have those performances consistently. Are they going to be able to have more of the good performances when you need them, or are those bad performances going to start creeping into their mentality, or mentally they're going to start to lose that identity that they've they've been forging, they're forging this identity throughout the season? Ball movement, you know, young, quick, good defensively. Like it's not just the offense. Like they're a top five offense. I think it's a top five offense and they're a top five defense. And there's not many teams that have been able to do this. And the last couple of teams, like those teams have consistently gone to the finals 
or have been close to winning as well. Yeah. So that that's my big thing about the Raptors is can they can can they keep this up? Can they stay healthy? Because they haven't had any really other than Lowry missed some games. Um, I think Valanciunas missed a bit at the start, but if they can stay healthy, I think that health is going to be a big thing for this team. And can Dwayne Casey keep the guys, you know, focused on this new philosophy when things are not going the way they should be? That's going to be the biggest test. So anything else you guys want? So it's a 19 point game. And I think that they'll cover the spread guys. So (laughs) Richard, Richard, Fred Van Vliet's on the floor. Let's just, I just, I mean, we talked about a good find in OG, but oh my, oh my God! I mean, I don't they've know outdone if... themselves with Fred Van Vliet. He's been fantastic, and he's extremely mature. He was a four-year player, right? Uh, he was and, an undrafted uh, player, and he yeah. he's twenty-three, and he's the last year of his rookie deal, which is a, he's a restricted free agent. But I mean, I don't know if you guys, I don't know if you saw Austin the the article that Demar wrote for us which was they have a real decision to make with Fred Van Vliet because a team yep. could offer sheet him and, I mean, the Raptors own, own his bird rights so they can match him, but they only have so much space. And that's why when people were talking about, I'm going to bring up the, the DeAndre Jordan rumors, which kind of made sense but didn't really because that Jonas Valanciunas contract, they try to trade. Because they see what they have with Jakob Pertl, Pascal Siakam. Serge Ibaka can kind of play that role too. And that Jonas has been good this season. But that contract and a couple of other contracts on the team. I mean they had to trade some of the way with picks. Takes away that flexibility to pay a guy like Van Fleet. And I don't think there's much of a concern right now about it. But you have to wonder whether they'll be able to keep him around. And he's been such an integral part of the offense, especially in that second unit with DeLon Wright, Siakam, Pirtle, CJ Miles. Those guys play a big role. So yep. that that's where, again, it's it's all good for, good right now, but there could be issues creeping up for that. You don't want to think about now, especially with the team looking to make a legitimate run to the finals. Um, all right. I think it's time to talk Leafs. Richard, if there is a team that nobody wants to put money on when they are playing a game, I think it's the Leafs because I can't predict a Leafs game right now. There's times where, you know, that winning streak where you can kind of say, yeah, I can confidently put on them to win. But I, I have a hard time. And I'm it's and no other than Frederick Anderson's great play. I think there's they've kind of underperformed, in my opinion. Most of the players. I'm gonna be very critical. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, you know, I feel like they've all underperformed to an extent. Um, part of that is due to line shuffling. Part of that is due to age. I think the only person that we've seen that hasn't really not performed is uh is Matthews. Oh. And Riley, right? But you feel there's, you know, like a real learning curve. And, like, it's not going to be easy, right? No. Um, you saw the game against Boston, which... That was ugly. 
like it was a winnable yeah. game, and then they sorry, just started yeah. taking penalties. Like even Patrick Marlowe, you know, the mm-hmm. grizzled vet took the dumbest penalty where like he just stopped moving. He was like standing up straight, and he just stuck his like stick. I don't remember who he tripped, and it was like, like these guys have this like, you know, deer in the headlights look, and then you see them, you know, like playing in Chicago, where it was like, like they're flying, right? So yeah. like, yeah, I, I'm not saying the Leafs have like, played you don't terribly, know what to expect. but it's as you pointed no. out, they have that game against Boston where they looked absolutely like unprepared. I think it was more of the pressure <sighs> of that type of game, that playoff atmosphere where. Guess what? It was the young guys that didn't come out, and I can kind of understand. I think there was a lot of build-up pressure in that game. Boston, Boston is as good as Boston has with been with the younger guys. The core pieces on that team are veteran guys that have been there before, like Marshan, Bergeron, Krejci, Chara, and well, then I mean, like, and Tukarat. And also, like part of the reason why like they lost that game was because. They didn't know what to do with um, with uh, that Boston forecheck. Like, no. it seemed like they were yeah. playing that game at six on six because there was like no open ice. Like, it was just like every time someone had the puck, it was a body there, and it led to a lot of like, you know, like I don't remember who scored the first goal, but like it was off a turnover, right? That was Marchand like, that scored the first. I mean, sorry, yeah, Bergeron right? that scored the first goal. Matthews it was like there were so the many just defensive zone turnovers and like there were flashes in that game of like they're playing well but just for the most part they had no answer sorry they had no answer for that four check now i do give them credit because the next game they play was against anaheim another heavy team that's going to put pressure (laughs) on the four check and stuff and the leafs just decided we're going to just open it up not play a lot of defense and score a lot of goals. And I mean that drives Mike Babcock absolutely AWOL. I could probably you know you can imagine only imagine. But I think they understood what they needed to do from an offensive standpoint of how to counteract those heavy teams that are gonna pressure you, which is I wouldn't say the stretch passes, but um, <coughs> it was finding those breakdowns. They're gonna be very limited breakdowns defensively, but Against Anaheim, you saw some of those. The Nylander breakaway goal, like the you know, Jake Garner stretch passes. I mean, and after watching how they played the past, like, you know, uh, three months, I was so happy to, like, watch them, you know, play in a game where, like, 11 goals were scored. Because, like, when they get going, you can't really, like, keep up with them, right? No. And Exactly. Like... They can fly, and you know, something that like I really wanted to uh, point out was that Marlowe Marner Cadre line, and when they play, you know, like on the same line, like great things happen. Yeah, I... and no disrespect to a Leo Komarov, but like it was Cadre Marlowe and Komarov, they couldn't score. Like, like Cadre went a month without getting a single point. Right, so now like I wholeheartedly accept them trying to like outscore teams by flying because the guy, um, the guy that's in net has been looking like a Vesna candidate, right? 
that's not something that we were seeing back in October, which I guess why the Leafs tried to play more defense because, you know, they couldn't buy a save, but now it's like Anderson looks great, right? Like they were outplayed last night and Anderson made a few like crazy saves. I mean, right. So, yeah, I mean, I think the game against the Predators is that type of game where it's a mix of high-flying offense when you have, you know, Kapanen have an absolutely, I mean, I don't know how the best way, Austin, I don't know if you have a better way to explain it, but um, the way his speed took over on that play and, you know, using the creativity to not take the first shot available and, and take that time and put, you know, and put it past Rene, but we saw some of the good with that game where you saw the Leafs, you know, they get the, you know, JVR's goal. I was a bit lucky that it deflected <laughs> off of, I think it was Sissons. I can't remember exactly yeah. who. Like, I don't know how you stop that shot. It's yeah. just. And JVR was, like, was surprised when that went in. Yeah. He doesn't score like that. So was the goalie. He's not shooting from out there. No, exactly. And then. The hell is Dave, what the hell is JVR doing above the hash marks? <laughs> Why is he? Why is he winding up for a one timer right now? Something's He's not right faking there. the shot and then like passing <laughs> it off. Exactly. Just, like throw it on there. Off and then going for a tip. Um, yeah, and then you saw the, uh, the kind of where I wouldn't say they turtled because that's kind of what somebody else wrote, but they uh, they didn't turtle, but they were outplayed. Like they were outplayed for that second. In third, it's like second half of the second period and in the third period for sure. Yeah. I, I, well, you were just saying on that Kapanen thing, and I've been thinking of a way to put it. I mean, he's just game changing the speed he has. Yeah. Yeah. Is, and the, the smarts, like Sheldon Keith playing him on the penalty kill was a great move. Well, I mean, like, you see a guy like that that's not afraid to try to make something happen. Like, I hate talking about um Polak because like there's nothing new that can be said about him. Yeah. But I don't like though like you can't really play those slow defensive minded players on a penalty kill anymore because it's like they're just waiting for something to happen, right? Yeah. You know, you see the best guys that play the PK now, league wide, are guys that can actually do something with the puck, right? Yeah. Hell, you know, like a guy like Bergeron, and I'm not saying that he's a penalty killer because he's a two-way superstar, but the reason why guys like that are so dangerous is because they provide offense from defense too, right? Whenever they can. And that's exactly what Kapanen did, right? Like, as soon as he got that puck, even after, like, he, like, fell or stumbled or whatever, he still took the puck right straightforward right like it's not like he took the safe play dumped it in nope got back and waited it was like i'm going straight there you know like at the very least you know like these guys can change at the very least we're still getting the puck in deep right but like let's see what can happen and he scored right exactly i think the big problem is that when they get those leads and anderson brought this up in that rant he had following the game against philly which is you you sit on those on those leads too much, that puts a lot of pressure on Anderson. And I think a couple of goals, I think one of them went off. The puck went off of JVR's head, so you couldn't even yep. see where the puck went. And then that was it got the first past. goal. 
That was the first goal. I can't even remember how the second goal. Uh, the second goal was a turnover in the slot and just a yeah. wrister along Hello? the ice went through Anderson when he was trying to get set. Um, yes, that's right. Uh-huh. And then I just kind of feel that those are the games that are going to put a lot of pressure. I mean, they've done well. In, I mean, in the playoffs, there's no shootout. Over time, they had their chances. Natural had their chances. But it's not going to be three on three. It's going to be five on five. And in those close games, sometimes the Leafs just, I don't know what it is, but sometimes they just, they turn off. And they, they say to the other team, yep, no worries. Uh, you can take as many chances as you want on net. I mean, they were terrible. They were absolutely yeah, awful that's why, after like, that happening goal. Like, I'm not excusing, you know, like, bad defense, but I, that's why I really don't mind, like, that 7-4 game, right? You know, just yeah. know your strengths, just try to score. Nationals um, had those types of games, When the Capitals too. were one of the best teams in the league, it was back when they would just score at will. Yeah. And then people, like they said, yeah, like you can't win a cup that way. And then they stopped trying to score because apparently that's not playoff hockey. Well, tell apparently the, scoring goals is not playoff hockey. Tell, and tell the Eagles and the since. Patriots whether <laughs> tell the Eagles or Patriots whether or not a defense can win you a yeah. championship. I mean, that's such and like I haven't hashtag played the game, but you're <laughs> telling me that goals are bad. So goal, so you don't want to score goals in the playoffs, right? And I get that, you know, you want to be strong defensively. You know, like you see what a Babcock did in 2014 at the Olympics, right? Like he built up a defense that was, you know, like that, unstoppable. That right? Those games but were not, utterly like, boring but dominant. And <laughs> the average NHL team doesn't have just elite no, talent everywhere they don't have to de- play defense, right? <laughs> no, like, like that's stu- dumb. Like, right? You know, like if you have like elite scoring talent, why not try to win every game like seven four? Like I would try to get like at least like a good goalie, but I feel like if they kept on playing that way, the Caps probably like how do you try to stop a guy like Ovechkin, right? And Backstrom. You make them play was... in their own end. Because Yeah. How do you, how how have uh teams beat the Leafs? Well, you don't give Austin Matthews a chance to do what he does offensively. How do you do that? You wear him out by you know with physicality, but you also keep him hemmed in his own end. It was it was a thing against the third line with JVR Marner Bozak. They could not defend well enough in their own end, so that's how you limit them. You don't give them those offensive chances. That's what Nashville was doing when. I mean, it was pointed out with the way that they were uh, positioning themselves in the uh, in the defensive end is that they're going to be aggressive on the puck carrier, give them no time to move the puck so that they're right back on the attack. Unfortunately, the Leafs don't have the defensive talent that the, the Predators do. Uh, not many teams in the league have what the Predators have, but you kind of hope that what the Leafs can counteract with their, their offensive talent will at least match it and I wouldn't say they were totally overmatched on paper but it did not look like that when they were playing the game it just looked like yeah. the Leafs had I would say two two and a half lines that were effective I feel like that third line 
just does not fit with what the Leafs are trying to do with the JVR Bozak and Connor Brown line. Yeah. Uh, I feel like the Marlow line, the Kadri Marlow Marner line has a potential to be way better than they have been. But, yep. I mean, it's going to take time for them to kind of gel together. The fourth line has at least been salvaged a little bit with Kapanen and Komarov. Jesus, Kapanen has no business staying on that fourth line. No, and I, I you kind of you wish that a guy like Kapanen or Brown or someone like that could be a center that would push other guys down, but this yep. is, eventually it's going to change next season. Um, it, I don't think there's any way that they're going to be bringing back Bozak. Komarov, maybe now that he's been playing fourth line, I'm not going to say he's going to be back, but there's a better chance that he's not coming back at the same value that he was before. So there's that. But, yeah, I mean, the the one thing that I think that has helped a team like Pittsburgh win championships, the Blackhawks, the Kings, it's not the, the superstar quality players only. It's the good goaltending and the depth. Not necessarily having a top defenseman. I mean, L.A. does have one. Chicago has a very good defenseman. I wouldn't say a top defenseman in the league, but it's it's good enough that it's going to challenge other teams to match with that depth, and teams have a hard time doing it. Yep, for sure. So when, when you talk about moves that could be made, I mean, we're about, what, two weeks away from the trade deadline? I think about two weeks. Oh, yep, twenty sixth. The twenty sixth, so. so it's the eighth as we're recording this. The, the, I know it's it's easy to say the Leafs definitely can make a big big move if they wanted to. They have the pieces to do it. Whether it makes sense, no, because this team <laughs> needs needs more than just one piece. I think. Yep. But I I like that they can give a guy like Kapanen, a guy like Dermot those opportunities to play. Mm-hmm. And if, and again, people are talking about how Dermot is like acquiring a new defenseman. I mean, there's not going to be like that. Another guy like that on the Marlies that can give you a third line center role. There's not a guy on the Marlies. Unfortunately, Justin Hall. Mike Babcock is not playing him over Roman Polak. It's just not happening. So, I think the best course of action for the Leafs, if you can find a third-line center, that maybe if you had to give up something a little bit more, but there's more term. Now, what I mean by third-line center, I don't mean a guy that's like a Brian Boyle, a guy that you, you just kind of plug in. A guy that can, can match what you have with Matthews and Kadri. Give you something like something like that on the third line. Not necessarily the same level, but... Another another line that a team has to match up against. Yeah, that's that's. I mean, the fourth line now teams have to match up against the Leafs' fourth line. Before it wasn't that case. I think now if you try to make teams match up all four of your lines instead of one one or two, like they've had in the past, it makes this team a lot more dangerous and it opens up those offensive chances like you brought up, Richard. I think as soon as Kapanen and Komarov were added to that fourth line, Mike Babcock can play that line 10 minutes a night instead of six. Yeah. So. Oh, absolutely. And and look, Frederick Anderson, he continues to play like this. That's the type of goaltending that wins championships. 
because it's not just how many like, saves he's making, it's when he's making the saves. I don't think that Toronto was just there yet, but I feel like they can be next year, and he'll still be here next year. He'll still be pretty much at the same level, hopefully. Um, he can be like a difference maker in Toronto, and people wanted him gone in October. <laughs> He's just a notoriously slow starter. Yeah. Hopefully he doesn't play like that in the playoffs, but, you know. I don't think so. We'll I see. I think with the issue with last year's playoffs, I mean, he didn't. He was average. The problem was he just came back from a concussion, or, well, a suspected concussion. They didn't really rule it. And Nikita, Could you imagine Curtis McElhenney in the first round? You know what? Hey, <laughs> Curtis McElhenney last, was not Curtis, bad. Last year's Curtis okay, McElhenney. Okay, last year's Curtis McElhenney, we'll say. But Curtis McElhenney, give him props because he does not play a lot. And he's yep. he's answered the call. Like, uh, that game against the Dallas Stars, the Leafs, I think they stole a game there because McElhinney had to make some great A saves. Uh, the Rangers game, he got them. The Leafs kind of started off a little slow, and it kind of turned around, and McElhinney, I think, was a part of that. And then against Anaheim, that game was close. That game was... The Leafs didn't really take it over until later in the game, and he kept them in it when when Freddie went down. So, I think, uh, yeah, would would you want to roll a dice with McElhinney if Anderson were to miss games in the playoffs? Probably not. Let's not even talk about that. <laughs> hey, it almost happened. I mean, with that with that Perry, that that can happen close. It, it happened last year. It can happen close. You have to prepare for those situations. Although Mike Babcock probably has nightmares about that sometimes. <laughs> um, but if you're the Leafs, I mean, they have, like, against, if they don't win against Ottawa on Saturday, that's just, I mean. That, that's a problem. That's a problem. That's just predictable, do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know it's how Ottawa's always I wouldn't be surprised. Do you, because I know that Tampa's on the schedule coming up. Do I forfeit the game on Saturday <laughs> yes, because I don't want Ottawa to draft Darlene the first overall. No, I think Arizona's got that in the bag. If Arizona doesn't get that, that's a No, problem. I don't trust lottery balls. Uh, Richard has known well enough in his gambling past that lottery balls are not... They're not no, the, it's like... They do not give you the best odds. Even when the odds the are rich in your favor. the ball in 2015... The Leafs oh. had the best chance of drafting Connor McDavid, and it wasn't meant to be. So, I don't know. Like, I don't trust those things. Even even though they gave us Austin Matthews, I don't have faith in those no. ping pong balls. Uh, my, now my question is: So I think uh, after Ottawa, the next game is against Tampa. Let me just look at the schedule here because I don't want to be totally wrong. Uh, okay, so they play Ottawa Saturday. Yeah, so Tampa's in town on Monday. Is that the game where you can confidently look and see what either Leafs need to add? Well, most likely what the Leafs will need to add if they want to be on that level of Tampa or if, let's say, it kind of happens like against games will happen with Boston, you kind of just say, okay, this Leafs team just needs time to keep working and and practicing and building towards getting to that level? Like, what what would be your reaction, let's say, if the Leafs were to have a bad game against Tampa? Okay. 
So this is an extremely hot take. Okay. Please bear with me. I don't think the Leafs should do anything at the trade deadline. You know why? Because they're a young team, right? Mm -hmm. So you're you're anti J. You're like the Blue Jays right now. Blue Jays front office approach with the with the Leafs. No, yeah, but that's they're (laughs) in different spots because I don't want to trade. You know, like so, the Leafs were at the bottom of the league just two years ago right like yep right like it was such a short time ago and look at where they've gone since then i don't feel like i want to like say that they have to you know go and trade you know like i'm x y and z for that defenseman or right like i feel like their lines are decent enough there are guys in the marley's like um i'm drawing a blank are you trying, thinking defense or offense? Offense. The, the uh, Swedish winger. Oh, What's his Andreas name? Johnson. Johnson. Yes. So, like, say somebody, God forbid, you know, like, goes down, you can call up a guy like that, right? Yeah. Um, Polak, I feel like we're going to see him less and less mm. because, you know, they're trusting Travis German on the penalty kill. Yeah, they are. You know, like, if if guys stay healthy, it's like, all right, cool. At the most, I would just get one guy that can play on the PK. That's it. Right? But, I, like, I don't think you should trade um, assets just, just to make yourself, like, marginally better. Because, you know, you still have Tampa that's really good. You still have Boston that looks like they're really good. And, you know, we're, like... It's been less than two years, right, since they were that that they were at the bottom of the league. I feel like they're progressing well. Just wait it out now, and it'll happen, right? Like I feel like they can be there next year. It's just that the guys are still young. Like, don't go and like try to make like a huge a splash because you know, like, you save those tradable pieces until. You know, <clears throat> until you're ready, right? You still have to sign a guy like a Nylander. You still have to sign Matthews and Marner. So I don't think you should be really trying to take on long-term salary, that kind of stuff. But I feel like, you know, like, they're in a spot where they're in a terrible division. It's, like, it's not like this is a playoff race. Like, they're in the playoffs, mm-hmm. right? Um I don't think that they should really try to make a huge move. All right, Austin. Before I get my take, I'll let you let you have the floor. Um, yeah, I'm I'm with Richard as much as it would be great to dispute. I mean, they have so much depth. The one thing I mean, and we had it when CJ talked to us, was that the Leafs may be looking to upgrade on Tyler Bozak, and I believe that's true. I mean, he had the shootout. Uh, not the shootout winner, but he scored one of the two Leaf shootout goals last night. But other than that, I said it to you in our little group chat, Dave. He's been next to invisible for a long while. It seems like with Mitch Marner off that line, they're having a really hard time facilitating offense. And again, JVR scored last night and had the shootout winner. So he's finding ways to get it done. But Bozak without Marner, just you don't notice him, which is a yeah. problem. Yeah. So... On the wing, do you need anybody? No, of course not. You're fine. 
Um, would I like to see a couple jumblings of the lines? Sure. Uh, How about they move Komarov to center? Mm-hmm. See, Komarov plays center on the penalty kill. Right? Then there. that's why it's like it's not really that far fetched of an he's, idea. He's not no, a, he's not I feel like it Martin be probably isn't anymore. a thing anymore. Right? So, like, Komarov, right? And I don't really want to see does, more anymore. Does Dominic Moore even kill penalties? Yes, he does. Like how often, though? Does he kill penalties well? No, he, they're, they're not bad on the PK, well. but I mean, it's not your, it's not your ideal, uh, ideal put together. I'd, I'd like to have Gautier up over him personally, but that's just that's obviously something that everyone's not on board with. So he hasn't looked. I mean, if Gautier was no, he hasn't looked great. Right? But no. has he looked better than Dominic Moore? Yes. Uh, I. But I, I feel like if that's like if that's your bar, I think I, you're better off playing Komarov. At well, 4C, I mean, especially with Komarov. He was the third-line you know. center of the future. I mean, how big of a bar do you want? <laughs> sure. Talk about a low ceiling. Yeah, honestly. Uh, Low-risk, high-reward pick, eh? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, they've sort of saved themselves, honestly. Uh, Mike Babcock made it, said he made it very clear to Lou Lamorello what he wants at the trade deadline. There's no Brian Boyle that's coming to save your bottom six. No, I don't This think. time around. I mean, was it... Uh, what Mike Babcock wants is another Roman Polak. Yeah. He wants Brendan Smith off waivers, doesn't he? Uh, Did you see um, what the Rangers posted onto Twitter today? Yep. I don't Go think I've seen GM. something Earth like Earth that, but, you know, by a professional sports team in North America. And, like, it's pretty cool how, like, it's like... There's not many like, teams... Sorry, go ahead. I'll let you finish the, the. Well, I mean, like they could realistically make the playoffs this year, but they're like, you know what? We don't really feel like this is the direction that we should be going in. They're less than five they... points out of a playoff spot last time I checked, or at no, the and very like, they're least being like, they're three like, points and like out. they're being open with like the fans that you know, like it's it's like it's better to like stick to our vision than like barely sneak into the playoffs, right? Yeah. I, I, and like they aren't beating yeah, just... a lightning. I yeah no. No, you're getting either the lightning or who's in first in the East right now in the Metro right now. Well, okay, you would either get Columbus, you would either Pittsburgh, get Washington, Tampa or Washington. Like you would either get Tampa or Washington in the first round. You're getting pounded by either of those teams. I I like it as, yeah. I don't think it'd be Washington. Like I think Tampa no. will coast. Oh no, but I'm saying or, or yeah. Boston or Boston. If you're the second yeah, wild Boston. card, you're playing Tampa. If you're the if you're the first wild card, you're playing Washington. Oh. That's how it works. Oh yeah, okay, true. Yeah, the, the um, But yeah, I mean the Leafs, they're Lou Lamorello inadvertently saved his own ass, I would say, a little bit with having to trade for a defenseman and give up something you might have not wanted to with an Ian Cole or an Eric Branson when they've found Travis Dermott, who has just not fallen into their laps, but definitely exceeded expectations tenfold. Um, and with, I mean, Zaitsev and Gardner and Riley and Hainsey being all together again, obviously the uh, Zaitsev, Hainsey, and Riley being out really hindered the Leafs. Um, they, I don't know, Ron Hainsey hasn't looked like Ron Hainsey the last couple games. I don't know if that makes sense. 
He's, he's dying. Like he's yeah, playing. Well, remember we were full out about, penalty I don't kills. Know if that was you were on the podcast, the last podcast. We were joking about like Ron Hainsey's legs are just gonna fall off if they start oh, yeah. playing him so much on the PK. Yeah, Ron Hainsey's legs are fucking falling off. Yeah, I'm. He's starting to tire out as the season goes on, and that's you're gonna you're gonna play a 36 year old guy on every power every penalty kill every night. I mean, what do you expect? What do you what do you realistically think is going to happen? Yeah. So, it just the Leafs, uh, as many people have said, Pittsburgh's defense was not world-beating. It wasn't. It was average. Last year, they won a cup. You don't need to have a Nashville-esque or a Tampa Bay-esque decor to automatically win a cup. But you also need the scoring to come around. So the Leafs need to keep it going. Maybe they add a piece. Maybe they don't. I I really don't know what they have in mind. I don't think they add a defenseman at this point, though. I think they just waited out and hope Timothy Lilligren or Andreas Borgman or Kelly Rosen can make the step next year to solidify the D unit. The one thing I do think they need to do real quick is um, they need to they need to take the uh, the option of putting Roman Polak on the ice out of Mike Babcock's uh, words, Mike Babcock's hands, because oh my lord, Travis Dermott had one of probably the worst game he's played with the Leafs last night, and it wasn't even a bad game. It was just it wasn't spectacular and he wasn't moving the puck as well. That's because Roman Pollock stands in the corner like an absolute imbecile and can't do anything other than be terrible. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, Roman Pollock is not a, not a eligible defenseman right now that you can physically, or you can pass by a fan base as saying he's fit for the NHL. He's not, he can't break the puck out. He has no idea what to do with the puck. He can't even defend. The one thing he can do He's cleared the front of his own net, and he can't even do that right. So get him off the team. Borgman should be in. Carrick should be in. Anyone other than number 46 should be on the ice right now. Roman Polak, apologist, come at me. I really don't care. Your boy is terrible at hockey. All right. <laughs> do those exist? <laughs> yeah, they do. I had to unfollow somebody the other day because they were making excuses for Roman Polak. The excuse was, and I quote, Roman Polak wasn't on the ice for either of the Leafs goals they gave up. This was in the was the game before Nashville Anaheim the Roman Polak wasn't on the ice for the first two first period goals so he must not be that terrible well, it's like no he just didn't happen to be on the ice when they scored I'm sure if he was on the ice when that happened they would have scored twice they would have pulled the puck out of the net and just shot it in again and they would have counted it because Roman Polak's such a terrible hockey player I apparently he's a nice guy but like this is the hill I will die on Roman Polak cannot be on this in this lineup when the playoffs start regardless of bring Justin Hole up, uh, bring Aki Berg out of retirement, Jerky Lume, I don't care. Borea Salming, if he still wants to play, just anybody that can. Hey, Borea Salming is still in shape, so (laughs) it's not as far-fetched as some people would think. Borea Salming, he's got his own hockey equipment company, so he's not short on gear. Mm -hmm. All right, are we ready for my take? Are we ever ready for your take? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) The fact that you have to ask us kind of scares me. Okay, I, I have in front of me here the Tampa Bay Lightning roster and lineup combination. The reason I have that is because I look at what the Tampa Bay Lightning have built, which has been very impressive considering the team has had, I mean, they've had their ups and downs, so, you know, they get Steven Samkos, they get Victor Hedman, that usually does you pretty well. But yeah. you look at, right. okay, I'm trying to match things up kind of with what the Leafs have. 
you you obviously have the goaltending. I mean, Veslevsky has been unreal, but Freddie Anderson has been good enough, I think, to match that. You look at the defense. You got Victor Hedman. Obviously, not you know he's a top five D man in the league, in my opinion. You know, you'd be surprised, but Jake Dotson has been a constant on this team. When people yeah, thought as much of a scummy human as he is, he's not a bad defenseman. Uh, he tried to kill Austin Matthews, so yeah, he knee on need Austin Matthews. He broke Frederick Goji's ankle. He did another thing I forget about. He's just an overall and scummy individual, but not bad at hockey. Uh, Unlike Roman Polak, who's a good individual and is shite at hockey. Yeah. Then you got Mikhail Sergachev, which you know kind of fell in their lap when they traded Jonathan Duran. Then you got who's An- gifted, gifted uh, Anton Strollman, who not a you know. Not a big name, but good enough. Bryn Colburn and you're on- welcome. Bry- Bry- <laughs> the Leafs gave him up. Well, gave him to Calgary. Who then? You know how much him. nicer this de- this decor would look. And I'm not. This is in hindsight, obviously. But if you kept Anton Strollman and didn't trade Carl Gunnarsson for Roman Polak. Oh. By the way, the Leafs gave up a pick with Gunnarsson to land Polak in that trade. Woof. Yeah, I remember that. I'm- Do you also want to know what's woof? Yeah. The oh. Leafs have. I believe the Sharks' second round pick oh, from the Roman yeah. Polak trade two years ago. I, so what's worse? I Leafs, saw that Leafs, and I was like, the Leafs wait, got what? Two, yeah. The Leafs got Roman two Polak second round picks. Roman Polak in his picks. original before he got traded the first time was fine. Everything Sharks and beyond has been an absolute dumpster fire with him. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, hey, they go to Anyhow, Stanley Cup Anton finals. Anton uh, And then you got, it rounds out with Braden Coburn and Andre Schuster. That's not an all-world defense group, but it's good enough. And then you look at what their forwards are. And the one thing I want to bring up with the forwards, because everyone's talking about the Leafs go out and trade for someone, which means giving up picks, which means giving up prospects. Okay, Yanni, uh, I think it's Gorday or Gord? I can't Gord. Hear. Gord. And Tyler Johnson, I mean, as of right now, play on the top line with Stamkos. I think that kind of changes around with Kucherov or Killorn being there. But their top six is basically Killorn. Braden Point, who was not even a first uh, a first round pick, and he's a second line center. Kucherov, Johnson, Samkos, and Gord, like that is a very good top six that was mainly built through the draft. Yep, and built through some depth picks. Death picks and good uh, HL stints with the, you, the Syracuse. I mean, you. Oh, I just want to jump on your point real quick. They have Hedman. Second overall pick, Stamkos is a first overall pick. But then you have Nikita Kucherov, who's a top five player in this league. I think that's safe to say. Yeah. He was, uh, uh, what, a fourth round? Second round pick. Oh, he was 15th a second? overall. Why and back into the second round, round. I think in was a... 2011. Yeah. I think it was a fourth round pick in the queue. I think that's where I get those confused. Yeah. Um, then... But, like, you look at – I always love going back and looking at who was taken ahead of these guys that ended up turning out to be stars, and obviously it's throwing darts at a dartboard at that point. You never know. No, yeah. But it's just always fun. The one that sticks out to me that's crazy, uh, and Braden Point's another one. I forget how late he was drafted. I think it was outside the first round, right? Yeah, he was. Um, Andre Palat. Who's Do you that? know off the top of your head where he was selected? I think he was the fourth round or sixth round. He was late. He's Seventh round pick, 208th overall. Well, okay, the guy, I'm going to bring this back to the Ducks. Andre, oh, how is, what was his name? Uh, Andre Kasha. Yeah, he was a seventh round pick that the Leafs traded. Andre Palat was a seventh round pick in the exact same draft as Kucherov, and those two are both in their top six now. 
Yeah. Uh, and then Br Brain Point was a third round pick third, yeah. in the 2014 draft. Uh, Namestnikov was actually drafted pretty high, 27th overall. I didn't know that. But yeah, it's just Dodgen was definitely not a first round pick. No. And he's turned out to be something. Is definitely a guy that gets under people's skins. If you listen to this podcast, you'd know. He was a sixth-round pick. I mean, God, his pitcher on Elite Prospects does not do him much justice. Oh, my God. Now, the reason why I bring I bring up that lineup up is because it's that's an elite team that was built through drafting and not – and when they were in positions to really go for it when they went to the Cup Finals in – I want to say 2014. What year did 20, they play? 2015. It I was think. the year they won against Chicago. Chicago's yeah, I think last it was 2015 because Chicago won the year before yeah. Pittsburgh two peated. I, I think you're right. So this this is my position with the Leafs when I bring that up. You only make that trade as if that player that you're getting is here beyond this season. You do no, not. No, you should not be in the rental market unless you're a team like Chicago, you know what, or LA or Tampa that knows they're going to make it yeah. past the first round. You should not be in the rental market. I don't think really. I think it's going to be changing quite a, a bit after what happened with Shattenkirk and the Capitals. I don't think many yeah. teams are going to be in the rental market anymore. I think maybe that a was, guy. That was a top tier rental though. Like that's a guy. Like, I mean, look at the rentals this season. I mean, well, I Rick mean, Nash is a guy like, that's been thrown around recently. He's not going to get you it. You should. Yeah, like, with those kinds of trades, like, you should only make those trades if you're. Absolutely. If you're. That you're getting what you yeah, are getting. Like, get, don't make that trade if it makes you a contender. You want to make You should it only make that trade if you're. You know, like a, sorry. If you're. If. Um, if you're. You make that trade if you're like, um, if you're like, a, if you're a contender getting better, right? Yeah. So, you know, like, say you're like uh, the Penguins in like what, 07, when uh, they traded um, for a Marion Hosa, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. that's like the first thing um, that I might think of is like, you know, you don't trade that, sorry, you, you don't make those trades to become a contender. You, you will make those trades because you are content. Just put your team over the top, right? Yeah. Like, that's like your final piece, and it's like, you know, like you don't care about the future because like this is your time to win now, right? Yeah, and that's and that's where I think the Leafs. That's the that's the situation the Leafs are in. They're a good team, but they're not the team that everyone is like. They ha if they add this one piece, watch out because they're gonna they're gonna go all the way. So, and that's why I talk about like being last two years ago because like they've like they've made a ton of progress like they're on the right track. It's just what's the point in trying to rush it now? Like I'm also very impatient, but it's like why trade prospects or um, or picks when like and I don't mind trading prospects or picks, but it's like if you're um, already up there then go ahead and you know like take it to the next level but you know like if you still are technically a you know uh, building which the Leafs are then what's the point of trading um, assets like just for like yeah. especially an at times you're in the second year of a 
perceived rebuild, and you're already you've made the playoffs. I would say they're like sorry, the, the third, third year. Third year, yeah. Yeah, sorry. I blocked that horror check. You're out of my brain, so excuse me. Um, I mean, yeah, you. The Marlies are the best team in the AHL or top five at the very least. Top two. I mean, yeah, uh, top five was pretty generous. They're they're an elite AHL team again, and you have guys down there that you don't know. I mean, the Leafs are very good. I think they're realizing now that. Um, and they have, like, a two good goalies, too, right? So it's like they have, they're... If they have... Goalies, if McElhinney doesn't completely no. fall off the wagon. No, he's talking about Pickard. No. Oh, just it's the Marlies. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. They have, Marlies, right? They, it's like... They have the best they have depth duo everywhere. in history. So when, like, let's say, you know, God forbid, like, a Marner gets hurt, then, you know, you have guys that can step in, right? Well, that'd be, yeah. Captain I'm not saying... You move up and, yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. You move up, you bring Johnson. They just, they're waiting on Johnson. They're just they're waiting for something to give him an opportunity. I feel like. Yeah, I mean Josh Leo would would not be happy to hear that, but that's yeah, you're right. No, Josh Leo was already off the team in my mind. Josh Leo <laughs> was what? sort of signed his death warrant by saying he wanted a trade and then trying to backtrack the other. Also, Kasperi Kapanen already passed him in the death. Yeah. Chart. yeah. Like he's already like off the team in my mind. Kasperi, like, that's not like he's already been corroded. Is that what you're saying? Pretty much signs his death warrant as like, you're if this guy's just gonna jump you, you're not gonna have a lot of a, no. a very good chance here. Okay, now this is this is my other question. Sorry to bring us a little off topic. A team a team approaches you with a very good offer for uh, for JVR, or like, yep. okay, maybe we'll put Comer off because they see value in him, and other teams <laughs> do very good too. Offer for Comer. Uh, and, could. and offer for Komarov. They will get an offer. May not be what we. What, oh yeah. What the team teams will come for Komarov because. At the risk of sounding like, you know, like um an old-fashioned like a dumbass, like I don't think I would trade Komarov. Okay. Only because the stuff that you get won't be like. Will benefit you, know, you like, in the playoffs. I I can see that. Right. Like, and I mean, like, like teams aren't lining up to like overpay for like a Leo Komarov like nope. Komarov playing on the fourth line you know like in the playoffs wouldn't be the worst thing at all like right like would you rather give him up for like let's say like a fourth round pick or like a fifth round pick or would you rather him playing exactly you know as a fourth line you know like a center and doing well or not doing well but like doing well for that role yeah, and uh, I, the, the reason why I brought up JVR's name is because I feel that, you know, as good as, you know, he's the second he's the second in the team in goals, but would <clears throat> with the way that Kasperi Kapanen has been playing kind of make you think, you know what, if, if a team blows us away with a JVR offer, a team that's looking to contend, would you would you make that move? I would, I, because like you have guys that can step in, and what we know about uh, JVR is that like he's a proven, like he's a known um, commodity, right? Like we know what he can do. He's great on the power play. He's that. For he's that presence. a net front, yeah, right, right. But I mean, you have guys that can slot in, right? Like. It's like it's not like you trade him and then there's just like this huge like void. 
right? Like, they have people that can step in. Like, just... like Kapan can play on any line. He can play power play. He can play penalty kill. He won't be that net front presence. So you obviously have to change up your power play a bit. But maybe a team will overpay for like a guy like a JVR, right? I'm just trying to think. When was the last time a team that maybe was in the playoffs all of a sudden flipped a guy as a rental piece that maybe? You'd want to keep some teams would want to keep. I, I I can't really think of, and this may be something I have to look at, but it would be an interesting thing because you've heard, even though the Leafs are in a playoff spot, you've heard his name come up on trade rumors, mainly because a team like the Leafs may not want to, may see the future value of trading a guy like him and knowing that you're not going to sign him because of what your salary salary cap situation is going to look like down the road. So that, that's the only reason why I bring it up. It's not because I don't think JVR is a good player. I think he's he does what he does well, and other teams may see the value in that and be willing to pay, and at least would not see the total see a total destruction of their roster by doing it. No, but if you bring a guy like I mean, theoretically, if you trade JVR and you put Kapanen in his spot, yeah, I'd I'd really like that because Kasperi Kapanen. He doesn't give you that net front presence, but, I mean, what else does he give you? He's way faster than JVR. He's, I mean, is it too far to say that he's probably got a better shot and can pass better than JVR? Uh, JVR, see, the thing is, JVR scores the same type of goals that you don't see yep. him use all the tools at his disposal. That's the, that's the thing, is you really can't judge... It's easy to say that Kasperi Kapanen is a better shot than JVR because Kasperi Kapanen takes more wrist shots than JVR. Yeah, I mean, you look... and it's also fair to say that JVR is better in front of the net because Kasperi Kapanen shoots from the outside as to where JVR. It's it's all relative to the situation, but mm-hmm. I mean, does Kasperi Kapanen really hinder your team? If I, he's, I'd say he's better in his own end than JVR just because the speed helps mm-hmm. close down on shooters quicker. Yep. And he he's definitely he's got a high motor. He competes on every shift. Yeah, definitely so, agree. If if you want to even go that far, Josh Levo. He's a big body. He can shoot the puck. He can be physical like JVR. He's, he's not as big as JVR. I think he's six two. JVR's six three ish, just JVR's a little bit bigger. taller, but like Josh Levo does not play for the Toronto Maple Leafs though. No. He's also a right-handed shot. I mean, he's gone. No, he's gone. Austin, he's gone. He's gone. We've lost him. What about Nikita Soshnikov? What about the yeah, Perkins? I was about to say, like, now you're talking. Actually, Nikita Soshnikov is probably higher up on the depth chart than uh, than Levo is because Soshnikov actually accepted that to an extent. No, well, because Levo's gone. I don't know if like why are you guys are talking like Levo's gone forever. Yeah, true. Oh, like they're like days away from like trading him. So, I, I yeah, I think maybe the team decides what they're going to do with Levo because they have to do something soon with something on their roster because Soshnikov's going to come back. I don't see them putting Matt Martin on waivers. No. Even though he has, he's not a, lot of, a lot of people think Matt Martin, a lot of people, uh, a lot of fans of this team, the Islanders, think that Matt Martin would be a good idea. Hey, if the team wants to, that's up to take you Matt to Martin, decide. sure. If Matt, if they want Matt Martin, there's a lot of people. I don't know. They're probably not. 
I don't want to insult the intelligence of the fans, but a lot of people I, for the best fourth line of all time to be reunited, Clutterbuck, Matt Martin, and Sezikis. If you're yeah. actively wanting the best fourth line of all time, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, that's the thing. Is you should be worrying like, about aim higher, like top six up. Yeah, your third line is more important than the fourth line, and obviously past the top six, you gotta do a couple of things to solidify that in New York. But besides the point, Matt Martin said obviously the uh, the first cut is always the worst, or something along those lines. When somebody asked him about being waived or mm-hmm. not waived, excuse me, sat. Um. It is what it is. I mean, the Leafs, they had to pay the cost on Matt Martin. But a, a lot of people for a long time... Like another two years left, don't he? Uh, doesn't he? Yeah. Yep. That's the hardest thing, is that Matt Martin, if he was done this season, fine. You're stuck with him for another two seasons. That's that's a problem. It is. Um, poor Mitch Marner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's going to be without a father for the rest of his career. but and He's got Daddy Marlowe to take care of. Oh, that, my though. God. I'm sorry to bring up Raptor stuff, but Sin... Yo, he's gone Sac- after next year, too. Sacramento just posted a thing of Bruno. Oh, this was like... This was at, like, five-ish. They posted a Bruno in a Sacramento Kings jersey. Oh, wow. fuck, he looks weird. Wow. Aren't they cutting him? They, oh, no, Bruno? apparently they're keeping him now. Huh, good for him. Um, there's, there's one last thing I want to bring up. I think, I think the important thing out of this, just to summarize all of it, is that we, we understand the Leafs' needs are not for... A big upgrade, you know, in their top six, and nope. as much as they don't the even Leafs, touch their top six, they're uh, fine. Yeah, top six. and as much as the Leafs could use a great, you know, top tier defenseman, there's no team offering that. So they they boosted their top six in the off season when they got Patrick Marlowe. That was their deadline acquisition exactly. to boost their top six, and moving Marner up to that line as well. So. Uh, the last thing I want to bring up: Did you guys hear that Joffrey Lupul is alive? I saw Who? that he was on a podcast. <laughs> Richard he found he found a boat or something. Joffrey Lupul got drunk and almost ruined his life by <laughs> by mentioning something about the Leafs. That yeah. and, oh, that's so funny. But um, yeah, he was on a podcast. Uh, the me- I think it was called the Members Podcast. I listened to it. It's okay. It's not like our podcast, so. There's that, um, and also, Joffrey Lupo uh, didn't finish the podcast because the mic fell on his head. He's now day to day. You know what? It was just probably the only, Dion doing. I think the only th- yeah, the only thing I I got out of that is that he doesn't seem bitter. I think he kind of just saw of course that he doesn't because he's hiding something. <laughs> Why else would he randomly go away for no reason? Like he's healthy. He has to be healthy. The Leafs know something, and like he just has to like live with it now. I think part of it is also he even said like the toll that all the injuries took. Like he's had the worst I think injury history I've ever seen a player have. Like back surgeries. I'm pretty sure he's had a concussion, separated shoulders. I mean, the sports hernia was a little, uh, little fishy. Uh, broken. I think he had a broken arm from Dion Phaneuf, which some people may have thought was on purpose. Um, we won't, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I found it pretty odd and random that he just appeared on a podcast. Um, I wonder if he asked the Leafs for permission to do that because now the NHL could be like, Oh, no chance. Guy. Well, 
Yeah. Lou doesn't listen to podcasts. <laughs> oh, you think? Well, I mean, that's that's kind of part of Kyle's job. Kyle Dubas's job. <laughs> Kyle, where can I listen to this? Download this podcast. Don't worry, Lou. I got it. <laughs> I've already listened. Kyle Dubas is the only one listening right now. <laughs> listening to, like, at this point. <laughs> Lou's probably got the mouse and it's just unplugged and he's just. Lou doesn't oh. even know how to turn on his phone. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, I, I will, I will. He uses uh, a rotary phone to talk to. Him. I will. No, no, no. I will. I will. Def- no, I will. Uh, stop. I'll be you dead there. In the morning. No, because of that comment. No, because. Okay, Richard. I don't know if you saw that I was at a lease practice about two weeks, ago, three weeks ago, two, three weeks ago, and Lou Lamarillo, when the Leafs are practicing, has a room. It's got a glass window, so he sees the entire ice surface, and he just sits there. There's no light. I mean. It's not totally dark, but there's no lights on. He has his phone in it. It's, he's talking on a cell phone, not a rotary phone. And he just watches practice the entire time and does not say anything unless he's on the phone. You cannot tell me that that man has not had anybody killed. Mm. Like, that just confirms that that theory that mm. Lou is like, like some mob boss. He just tells players, you know, to go away. Just out here, just on these mean streets of Toronto. I think what really changed that was when he said it was an unfortunate set of circumstances, and that yeah, he's yeah. he's killed people. Well, I'm not gonna say that because as an Italian, we don't say that. We don't say kill people. We say of course we, we whack. Some them. very unfortunate things have happened to some people. Uh, of course, you don't admit to it. Like you guys are smart. Some people sometimes fall down the stairs unexpectedly. Hey, you know, he's not gonna be talking for a while. You know. Don't worry about it. That's how. Okay, we yo, I gotta go. Like this is getting too scary. Like, <laughs> Richard is. Like, I'm not trying to like walk outside and have my knees like busted. <laughs> uh, any last points you guys want to bring up though? Uh... Please don't kill me, Lou. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm good. We'll, we'll just offer him in a, a cannoli. Maybe he'll have some. Uh, he'll have some mercy on you. Maybe. Uh... Leave the gun. Take the cannoli. You love using that line. Uh, it's my favorite. All right, guys. Uh, I want to thank you for listening. A little longer than we usually go, but I think we uh, a, lot, a lot of stuff we covered here tonight on this latest episode of the Tip of the Tire podcast, which is featured on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, hey, Austin, have you gotten I, any new uh, Twitter followers since the last podcast? As a matter of fact, yes, I have. Wow. It's starting to work. Uh, moving up in the world. Richard, how many do you have? Uh, hundred. Good for you. <laughs> Someday maybe you can beat me. All right, so make sure you try to maybe follow or not follow Austin on Twitter underscore Austin. It's really Jones. up to you. I'm not gonna beg anymore. No, and then you got Richard R Lee Sam, and you can follow all of our stuff on uh, com. Go on our social media sites. Although we just uh, post most of our stuff on the website. Anyways, we've been doing pretty well. January was one of our better months. In a long while since I think last last July with the uh, trade deadline, uh, the trade deadline, free agency stuff. So hopefully, yeah. trade deadline provides either something or nothing to talk about. It, it depends on what the Leafs do. So yeah, yeah we'll see. Yeah, what can you do? <laughs> what can you do? Not much. Thank you for looking at our things. I think is what David is trying to say. Exactly. Uh, and thank you for listening. If you've listened this long, we definitely do thank you. Uh, until next time, uh, 
I don't go Leafs go go Raps go and I thought you were gonna do like <laughs> the um the um Jerry Sp- the Jerry Springer like a send off. What does he do? Till next time, take care of yourself and each other. <laughs> no, I'm not, that, no. I'm not that. Well, that was Jerry, Jerry. Uh, He's like, what the David, fuck, David? David? It was so weird. No, I'm not gonna. I don't get that weird. Well, okay, not often, but. <laughs> All right. You just the... threatened me in Italian accent. Oh, on that note, <laughs> if you don't see Richard next time, do not suspect me whatsoever. All right, guys, uh, take it easy. Enjoy your weekend. It was Lou. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.